This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You had to know that when Wingstop set out to make a crispy, juicy chicken sandwich, they wouldn't make it in just one flavor. They'd make it in all 12. Like lemon pepper, mango habanero, hickory smoked barbecue and OG hot so why have one new favorite chicken sandwich when you can have 12 try the new sauced and tossed Wingstop chicken sandwich today for only $5.49 at Wingstop where flavor gets its wings valid for a limited time and available at participating Wingstop locations only while supplies last price subject to applicable taxes and fees you're listening to the West NY podcast with Dave and X oi oi Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. With X on the holiday next week, we've brought the show forward a few days to talk about the bombshell dropped by Tom Skinner that Pie Capital wants to buy West Ham and wants to buy them now. What do we know about the rumour? What do we know about Pie Capital? What do we know about the man who would run this club if successful? Do we even believe there's a takeover to talk about? X will be giving us an update on club affairs before ending the show with questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. X, we've signed someone that is a senior player. And he's actually a good player. And you called it again. (laughs) But before we get into that, we've all seen the controversial tweet from Tom Skinner, absolutely convinced that his friends at Pi Capital are knocking the door down to buy West Ham. And in short, they've apparently matched the asking price, provided proof of funds, and have now hit radio silence from David Sullivan. Hence the attempt to galvanise the fans into pressuring Sullivan to make the decision. What do you make of it all? Well, I've sort of tried to see it from both perspectives because as, we're, as we've always maintained on this podcast, we try to do that. We try to be balanced. We don't yes. pitch ourselves as one 
like one voice just to get attention we pitch ourselves as balanced and discuss all angles so i've tried to look at it from both ends so and i've also got a bit of i wouldn't say inside knowledge on it entirely um but i have obviously i i was the person that in february told people that including yourself that this was going to happen so i so i've i've known about it for a while and then uh, and i must admit in my head i was told in february i thought oh it must have been another fake you know, so I must have got it wrong because didn't really hear much about it. But everything I've now heard was exactly what I was told. So it makes me realise actually I do have some good sources on this, and I've been speaking them to them a lot today and yesterday, trying to get to the bottom of what exactly is going on. So the bottom line is is that that pie group um, want to take over the club. They are obviously fronted someone called Philip Beard who was involved with QPR um, previously and has other sort of business interests so he's just the kind of the face of it the sort of he'd be the CEO the sort of the what's it called what's the guy at Manchester like the um, not Glazer who's the other guy Ed Woodward he's the equivalent of that so he wouldn't own the club but he'd be the sort of he'd be the guy that sort of mm. is the person making the decisions and sort of front it, he'd be taking a wage to make yeah. the decisions for the football club yeah exactly now he says that they've got the backing of legends I believe the two main players in back in this and I'm, I don't know whether this can be printed because it's not I haven't got it factually but I believe from doing my research the two main players and hopefully we'll have two of them on the podcast soon as well is Tony Cotty and Tony Gale um, I think they're the two sort of main people behind this in terms of the legends that have been described. Um, now, this consortium is backed by a number of wealthy Americans who are involved in um, the National Football League, the NFL and the National Hockey League, the NHL. And they have clubs, um, ownership of clubs in those leagues. And they're also very, very wealthy. Now, it's not just one person. A consortium is obviously made up of a, a number of people. The, this consortium, and I don't know exactly which member of the consortium, um, but one of a couple of people that I'm very, very close to, very close to, as in one of them is like, and years a diehard West Ham fan top bloke and, and you know very knowledgeable about West Ham he knows one of the people in the club now he's been quite uh what's the word not secretive with me but he's been quite guarded because obviously the other person he's talking about is his mate so he's like caught in the middle of two mates really and ultimately he's doing what I would want him to do and he's staying loyal to that mate and not really saying much about it but he's telling me that these are passionate people that really want to make a difference to West Ham they really are very keen to bring success to West Ham, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch in terms of you know the stadium and the image and the public relations and so on. So he's very, very, very like on board with them and very supportive of them. I am going to put it out there. People are like, oh, X and Dave and whoever else, or particularly us too, X and Dave are going to be finished if the Sullivans leave. And and <laughs> this new, this you know, honestly, I've seen it today, that we'll be absolutely finished. And I know I said I wasn't going to talk about haters. This is not hating. This is just generally, so I don't have to do my £5 forfeit on this one because <laughs> this is this is generally, they say, oh, we're going to be finished and stuff because all we do is get our information from either David Sullivan or the, the Sullivan kids now. 
that is not true at all. Like mm. we we obviously know them. We've we've met them. That you know, on the face of it, if you you know you don't talk about West Ham and stuff, you take them as people. The Sullivan boys are, are decent lads and stuff. You know, like I, we do know them. But I haven't got information off them or their dad for about two or three years now. That and actually, they're 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 dad as such is a problem to my news because some of the news i get he often says slightly different too um so i don't get any information from them but the new consortium are people that i apparently and you will benefit more from so we've got no what the reason i'm saying this is we've got no allegiance as such either way you know obviously sullivan's you know we do know them a bit um, but we don't get any information from them. Um, the new consortium, I don't know them that well. Uh, in fact, I don't know them at all, but I know people that know them very, very, very well, and they've told me that we'll be looked after. So either way, we are kind of in the middle as such. So that's why we can give a very balanced opinion. Um, they said that they obviously bid um, 400 million, which was the, the price that Sullivan apparently originally put on the club. Now, I was always told that he wanted 650 million, always. That's the figure that I've always been told. In fact, I was told 800 million at one point, um, but he would sort of consider 650 million um, because we don't actually own the stadium at this point, although there is thoughts that the stadium will be handed to the club at some point, hence why you can still value it highly. I, I was told that, um, <clears throat> that, the, that it was that figure. So the £400 million that was apparently shown and given um, proof of earnings to Sullivan isn't the figure that I actually thought he would accept. So the so the Sullivan side is saying that they you know the bid was rejected. They never showed proof of funds. They're still maintaining that. By the way, that's the statement they put out last week, and I since checked it and said, "Are you still maintaining? There's been no proof of funds." And and I was told everything we said in the statement last week still stands. We're not going to get into a public um, debate about this, but it still stands. So then the consortium are saying that they've done that 400 million. What then gets a little bit confusing is Tom Skinner, who obviously you and I have both met numerous times. You know, he's mm. been to our events. He's done a, a podcast for us. He basically got us sat told me a mattress. Stuff. Yeah, he sold you, didn't he? I didn't know that. <laughs> he sold every kind of mattress. Oh, right? he hasn't sold me one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm missing out. And basically got us sacked from Phoenix FM. Um, like, <laughs> um, so so we, we know Tom very well. He's a lovely, you know, shared a cab to him to... West Ham and stuff, and he is a passionate West Ham fan. He's a good bloke, good sense of humour, passionate West Ham fan, like the guy a lot. You know, and obviously he's buzzing like most West Ham fans are about this. He's a, a very popular West Ham fan um, at the moment, very relevant, you know, very charismatic. So he's he's taken it upon himself to release that video. Or I say taking it upon himself, he's probably been a combination of that and being asked because he knows the people to do the video. The, the one thing that's slightly contradictory about the video and I would like to sort of ask someone with the consortium why this is is that Tom came out adamantly that the offer was 500 million for he was adamant he said it on his Twitter he said it on his video yet the statement that was given the day before was 400 million mm. so why would the official statement be 100 million less than what the apparently official offer is you surely go in in your statement and say it's 500 million if it was 500 million because why would you play that down yeah see what yeah. i mean so that's where i get a little bit confused as to the, the legitimacy of this now 
as I say, I, I, the people I know are very adamant that they these people determined to buy at West Ham, that they really want the club. And so, but it just gives me a little bit of a, 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 a question mark. And also, don't get me wrong, Tom, lovely fella, like I say, got nothing against him, top bloke. Um, it just strikes me as a little bit odd that you would do that announcement through like a kind of unofficial channel as such why why have they not done it through the media or like because they want yeah they want to get west ham fans on board sure but then you know there's other ways to do it through the papers i mean you know take someone like james corden for example he's Mm. in america you know james corden's got 10 million followers i would say on twitter there's a world famous celebrity that that wants the best for west ham james corden is a genuine west ham fan that wants the best for west ham fan west ham he knows american companies he's based in america why not maybe go that go to that level perhaps um and that's nothing against top it's not jealousy at all it's just an observation um mm. and as i say i really really like tom he's a good bloke um and uh and it just so it gives me a few question marks like that um and then if you take from the sullivan's point of view what they've said is that they've said that they came in that it was it's not the the offer wasn't enough money for the club and they've rejected it um and that's it that's the bottom of the bottom line they don't want to get into public slagging off match with this new consortium but it's who do you believe now if you're given the question of do you believe the sullivans are telling the truth or is the sullivan saying the truth or do you believe this new consortium i think most fans are going to go with the new consortium aren't they because of the fact that there's a history mm. of of lies and there's a history of other chairmen and things like that challenging the the transparency of of the board but then but then there's the other question so the bottom line is i think there's as everything there's two sides to each story and it's it's who you believe and 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 ultimately how this is going to play out is because the if this consortium is serious they're multi-billion company you know billion billion company exactly what west ham need so they shouldn't have a problem in buying the club you know, they should be able to buy the club. You know, they've been told that they want to develop the the main selling point. They said in their statement was that they want to develop the surroundings, you know, of London Stadium and really improve that. But at the moment, West Ham don't own it. So I don't quite know how that would work either. So there's just a few question marks that really, I'm sure there's simple answers to, but I would just like whoever the is, is relevant, maybe it's, beard or, or one of these people tony cotty to <clears throat> not even come on our podcast i mean obviously we'd love that but go somewhere and just answer these questions and then it just makes it a lot more easier to get behind mm. but i think i think the bottom line is it, it's good that there is this attention to it because if there are potential if it's either them or potential offers for the club then this is going to generate them i've always said if you want to buy west ham you need to make your interest known now and someone has and they've made mm. an official statement about it so if the chairman if the sullivan's are going to leave and gold and so on then this is the right process mm. but but it's a case of you can't wish for something that you don't entirely know what you're wishing for no and that's a really good point and after he tweeted tom called me and i know he called you mm. because he really does want to gather momentum on this the problem yeah. is 
as much as I love Tom, I love his passion, enthusiasm, positivity. I find it hard to get behind something when I don't know the details. And exactly. the problem is Tom can't talk about the specifics of the deal because either he doesn't know them because he's not part of the discussions or he can't say in case it hinders the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's a difficult one. But from my understanding, right, and maybe you can give some clarity on this, I've kind of taken this as an extract from... Um, uh, a, a well-hated source, um, <laughs> an article that they released, right? And it's bits and pieces from that, but it kind of leads to a question, is that Pi Capital apparently are a private equity firm based in Hong Kong, Shanghai, and London, and mm-hmm. Philip Beard is listed as a partner on the company website. And it seems like this company's only investment so far is a 24% stake in a Chinese company called Vitron, uh, who develop, manufacture, and distribute computer and video display systems. So that 24% equates to about $150 million. So as a business, and what they've done so far, can you call them a financial powerhouse? I don't know. But, but where I'm confused, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, is that apparently this company shouldn't be confused with Pi Partners, who have assets of $13.4 billion. Now, they are a financial powerhouse, but we're talking about Pi Capital, not Pi Partners. So firstly, you know, with Pi Capital, how much money are they actually playing with? And could they kick us on or just tread water? And my other concern, and it is a serious concern, is that the new front of house for West Ham would be Philip Beard. Now, from what I understand, during his time at QPR, despite seeing one promotion from the championship, he also saw two relegations, so not great. But the most frightening fact is that under his leadership, QPR were fined £42 million for breaching FFP rules. Mm. £42 million, which broken down is apparently a £17 million fine, £3 million to cover the legal costs for the EFL, and nearly £22 million worth of debt that they were ordered to pay. Mm. So, and not forgetting they're also placing a transfer embargo. So whilst I want to be excited about new ownership... I'm also very much be careful what you wish for, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. And that's my point. And, you know, believe me, if we can get these people to give answers and I can see, see like clarity in all of this, then, we, you know, we'll support what's best for the club. Like we are, me and you, West Ham fans, what I think is important for people to remember. And, and you know, you can think whatever you like about Dave and I for making money off Patreon or, or the events or some of the things we say, or maybe we sided with the board too long, or maybe we didn't side with them long enough, or other opinions you have of us. Ultimately, we are West Ham fans to the core. You know, my son um, is running around in a West Ham today then there's me then there's my dad that's a seat and i've been a season ticket holder for 32 years then there's my dad who's been a season ticket holder i, I don't know how long but a lot longer than me let's add another 20 years to that per se so that's 52 years season ticket holder then his dad my granddad was also involved in west ham you know he used to do all the insurance for west ham hence why i know quite a lot of people in west ham and stuff then my great granddad was a big west ham fan in the 20s including my aunties were you know i've got pictures galore of my family as west ham fans your family your dad was a big west ham fan you used to go to the games you went with him but you know you, I, I, I was telling it an episode of who do you think you are i know no, exactly but i think it's important <laughs> to say so just to sort of 
to clarify, we are, I don't know if anyone doubts it, we are huge West Ham yeah. fans. So we ultimately want is be- what is best for the club. You know, when you and I meet up, yes, we obviously do a podcast, but we talk about West Ham when we're not even, you know, mm. talk, you know, just as friends, <laughs> we talk about it, you mm. know, like, and, and it, it means everything to us. So we want the best for this club, in, undoubtedly. Um, and so, you know, if we can do a podcast with the most, whatever's the most successful for this club, then if you want to put it superficially, then that also benefits us because we're, the more success you have on the pitch, the more success you can have it off the pitch. You know, I've seen mm. from when I reported Chelsea news because Chelsea are a much, like, at the moment, bigger club because of the fact they're more successful at the moment. Anything I say there go, goes huge compared to the West Ham stuff because there's more people interested in it. So what I'm trying to get at is that whatever is best for the club, what we can see we will promote. And I really, really urge the people that I know, I've already told them to get in touch with the people that um, that they know in the consortium to speak to us. Or sp- It doesn't even have to be us. Just make it transparent so everyone knows. And mm. then you can get behind something. Yes. But it's like, you, you, you know, you might think that the Tories or whatever who are in power now are useless but unless you can see a viable option that's better than them and you fully understand that option then it's very hard to you know know what you're going to vote for alternatively for example and that's not even saying I'm a Tory supporter I'm just putting it in my <laughs> context um, and, and this is what I mean you, we've got to get answers the fact there's contradictory things you know, I heard from I think probably the same source that you're talking about that this company may have tried to buy a French team it might have been Marseille say possibly off the top of my head and then that all fell through and never happened properly so i don't know if it's the same company i can't claim to be knowledgeable on it but what i what i would like to know is if that was the case why did that happen as well yeah you've got to give answers you can't expect people to back something that they don't fully understand no um so that's right well it's no different to tom skinner coming out and saying right dave and x are, are, are gonna buy the club yeah, you know, because no one knows our finances, do they? Well, and, please and, and don't get that rumor going. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, to be fair, it's, it's only majority shareholdership we're looking for, here, not the <laughs> yeah. whole club. I mean, um, on the five pound pitch that we extortionally expect from everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just see the Wikipedia page now. David X, who made their fortune through Patreon, yeah, exactly, acquired fifty-one percent. Imagine? Oh, could you imagine? How funny that would be if I owned if I owned fifty one percent of the club. Oh, there'd be some people I would love to boot yeah. out immediately. There'd be yeah. some season ticket banning orders. Yeah, 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 yeah. The renewal cost is ten grand a year now, mate. Sorry, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's very true, mate. But you know, even down to um, you know, we'll own our own stadium. I mean, all of this sounds incredible, and I'm sure there are answers, like you say to explain exactly how and why that would happen. But as, as lovely as this all sounds, I know that stadium hemorrhages money every year for the council. Mm. So as a business, why would, why would you be so desperate to take that on? I mean, you might be a West Ham fan, but to buy a football club, to inherit the debt, and then take on a stadium hemorrhaging money to call it your own. I mean, hats off if you're a West Ham fan, that is incredible. But for a club that isn't in the Champions League, any business wants to make money i'm mm-hmm. thinking wow that's that's bold if you're genuinely a shrewd businessman or businessmen 
but wouldn't have slight concerns over some sort of a return from West Ham on that basis, you know? Yeah, exactly. And this is what I mean. It's just, you've you got you to gotta see. And I want to know who's involved as well. At the moment, I just know it's Philip Beard. You know? yeah, but, so, yeah, but I'm not, you know, I don't know if I might be about that, to be honest with you. No, I mean, does, that, does, that, does the future of Philip Beard excite you? Well, I don't know him. I mean, I've I've messaged him on Twitter and and said to him, "Hello, it'd be nice to meet." Obviously, I've got no no reply back, and and the problem is he's got about he's got he's got open DMs. So I'd imagine probably every oh, yeah. Sam account out there has tried it, and uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, so he's probably not going to reply. But um, yeah, I just I'd like to know, like if you, you know, I know from what I've heard, these people are owners of NHL and NFL teams, so you could probably narrow it down because. I don't know exactly how many teams there are in those in those um, competitions, but they, there's not like you know the whole football league where there's like 92 clubs or whatever. There's only like I would guess on the top of my head about 30 NFL teams, maybe 40 something like that. Um, so there can't be that many that realistically would want to buy because also out of that equation you can take out the fact that. I think the Glaciers at Man United might own an NFL team from memory. I think the, is it Cronkia, whatever his name is at Liverpool? I think he might own one. I think the one at Arsenal might own one. So, so it does narrow it down a little bit. Um, but it's just, it is just, you know, there's, there's just too, too many questions at the moment. Yeah, and, no. and, and do you know what? It is, it is just, Typical West Ham as well, and it? it's the West Ham way. The whole process, there's no smoothness about it. There's no class about it. Already we've had a fucking public dispute. And to be honest, I, I don't think I've ever in my life witnessed a deal being done after a public dispute. So for that alone, I can't see it happening. But, mm. you know, to announce the potential of new owners through Tom Skinner of Bosch Beds couldn't be any more West Ham, could it really? <laughs> I, I just, I just, I know, and it's again, it's the biggest respect to Tom. But what yeah, I would love, but what I'd love to happen is if the deal was actually concluded and the final statement is Bosch. <laughs> 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 if that doesn't happen then they fouled us I, know. I just think that'd be such a brilliant way to sum up a takeover of the club you know yeah, like yeah. It's, it's just it's, it's, it's just so West Ham isn't it the whole thing is just it's just, it's just it a would. carnival and, oh, I, and, mate, and, and the thing is like I love the fact now that West Ham are saying they're not going to go out and say anything about it I mean the thing is like again with respect to Tom when David Sullivan was sitting there thinking I wonder what they're going to do next I bet they didn't think the next move was Tom Skinner on Twitter, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just like, it's just so West, it's so West Ham. I've really, just got really this is. image of the fucking announcement video from the new social media team being Tom Skinner cutting a ribbon. <laughs> yeah. He's going, right, I've got a free mattress out there, the first hundred fans through the door, but. <laughs> It's so good. Bless him. I love it. I love his personality. Oh, so do I. What what a top bloke. And, you know, and it's it's just, it's just the whole, like, honestly, honestly, like, and we are doing it. And so I can say you can, (laughs) but you can write a book on West Ham. And like every year, every year, there's just something that's just so bizarre like you know it's the only way to describe it really like i just i just don't i don't really yeah i don't know like it's just i just whatever i just honestly i think sometimes with west ham it's just best to sort of try not to think about it too much yeah just like try to just let it happen and then and then take it as it's happened because yeah, yeah. Just, you just never know what's around the corner. No, totally, like, totally. Like, I mean, what what really should happen is that Hammers 
United, that's the name, isn't it? Yeah, Hammers United, the action group. What they should really do now is get Tom on board, if if this is the case, and yeah. get him to try and promote for them because yeah. they're they're going against the board, aren't they? And they're the ones that organise the marches. You know, we had who I hate I hate it when I do this and my name memory is just awful, but we had someone on to talk about it, didn't we? From Hammers United. It was it was Andy, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I, I claim I remember his name is Andy, but he's a top bloke. I, see, my Andy mem- Byrne, I think it was. That's it, yes, that is right. So my memory is very selective. I can't remember anyone's name. I can't remember anything, but I can remember if they're a good bloke or not. And I can generally remember a few facts about them. So I can remember a couple of facts about him. No, he's a good bloke. Him on the show, we had him on and we debated what they were going to do next and stuff. Kill it, surely. Their next strategy now is to capitalise on this. Surely, and then they get and they get um get Tom Skinner to come on come on whatever platform they want with them, come to a march, do a talk at a march, mm. and say this is what I've heard about the new owners. This is what they're going to do. Bosh like that, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, and then yeah. and then they, and then they've got their momentum and it starts to build up. But I don't know if that's happened or not. It's just it's just a bit disjointed at the moment. And obviously, this has been going on since February. Don't forget. So it's not like mm. this is new news. This has been mm. going on for February. So why now has it been announced? You mm. know why? Why now? Why? Why? Why not? Where they? They almost. It almost seems, if I'm being sceptical, that they timed it where we hadn't signed any players yet. People were starting to get a bit resentful because um, uh, they didn't do it when we were doing well. You know, when we were qualifying mm. for Europe and stuff. It's, I don't know. We just need answers. Yeah, and do you know what? It's interesting though because when I spoke to Tom, my first question to him was. How sure are you that this is the case? And he said, it's a fact. It's not an opinion. It's a fact. That's what he said to me. And, and, and he said to me, why would I run the risk of it not being true? He mm-hmm. said, because if I ran that risk and then it wasn't true, what would that do to my reputation? Mm-hmm. So, and, and he claims to, to be on very good terms with the people involved. So, you know, he sings a very strong song there, Tom. You can't argue that. And like mm-hmm. I say, it, it's, in, it's interesting to hear from both sides, but neither side are coming together. But do you know what? If nothing else, X, surely the fact that there has been discussions does show that the owners are potentially prepared to sell the club. They don't mm-hmm. have to necessarily wait till 2023 like a lot of people think they will. No, exactly. This this is this is what um what is the is the thing. They the, like they they um they 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 don't um they are saying that they have Hello? Hello mate? Yeah, sorry. They've put it out there. So I think whilst they've rejected the initial offer, they didn't say we are not prepared to sell, did they? No. No. So I think they, so I think they've almost invited it a little bit. Yeah, I think they have. I think you're right. But it does also come down to what will David Sullivan accept? Because, mm. you know, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Without being part of these discussions and without knowing the intricacies of the finances, it's very hard to know what is a fair offer for, for David to accept. Is he going to take the piss? Is he going to look to have it right off? Is he going to want to sell for $850 million and and pocket Christ knows what profit? Because obviously there is debt associated to the club as well. So whoever's going to come in, it's not a case of, right, is 400 million pound no the 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 owners uh the potential buyers might say right i'll give you the 400 million pound but i want you to take on the debt so mm. therefore sullivan might walk away with 150 million which mm. might not be enough for him so i think the it's it's fascinating to see 
what deal on what terms they would be prepared to sell at and whether mm-hmm. it is ridiculous or whether it is not unfair, you know? Well, I always heard that he wanted to still maintain a, a, a part in the club. So he would hand over the, I'd be like Terence Brown did when he handed mm. over to them. Um, but t- he wants too much control for that, though, X. If know. you look at his personality and his nature, he's a control freak. How's he going to sit by and watch someone else run his football club? Yeah, I don't think he'd be able to. But the bottom line is what you have to, and I, again, I can't talk about finances accurately. So please don't quote me on this. Um, people that are listening, this is just opinion, right? Didn't he buy the club? For roughly, roughly about eighty million. Am I, uh, that's the thing I've got. Him. I'm worse on finances than you are, mate. Okay. Especially when you have to remember shit like that. <laughs> well, that's the figure I've got in my head. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but let's go with that figure, right? And he took on the debt, which again I can't remember what the debt was, unless mm. the debt was unless the debt was eighty million. Let's just go round figure, round figure of two hundred million. Say for what he's paid, what the debt is, what transfer fees in terms of net spend, wages running costs, blah, 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 blah. Let's just, for the sake of this argument, so let's say 200, even 250 million. If he then sells the club for 400 million, which is rejected, but let's just say he did, he still made 150 million pound profit. Yeah. You know, the West Ham now is, a, and credit to them, credit to them for doing this, and this is shows the businessmen that they are, but West Ham now surely is much more valuable than it, valuable than it was when they bought them. Oh, without a doubt. Without surely. A doubt. And so, so, I mean, we but, don't have the asset of a football stadium. That's the only thing I'll uh, say. But then they sold that very cheaply, didn't they? Mm. Oh, but and that, and that's the thing we don't have the asset of the football stadium, but we have a lease of the London Stadium for like ninety years or something. Yeah. So whoever buys the club now is going to, you know, yes, they might not, they won't own it and they can't maybe make as much adjustments to it as they'd like to. They still have a top quality football stadium to play in. Well, I say top quality football stadium, a large football stadium to yeah. play in. Yeah, yeah. So, so oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. You ain't got to sell it to me, mate. Even as, a, as you know, when I try and be unbiased, I still think we're such an attractive proposition for any buyer. I've, I've said that for years now. So, no, I totally agree with you. You won't get any arguments from me there. But, you know, at the same time, I also don't really know what the going rate is for a football club like West Ham. I mean, I'd be interested to see what Mike Ashley would sell Newcastle for. I don't know if yeah. you've seen any figures branded around on that. I think it's less than what West Ham was. I saw an argument. I think it was Trevor Sinclair on Talk Sport. So one of the presenters, probably Jason Cundy, said to him, "Like, what is why should West Ham be valued more than Newcastle? And, and because Newcastle, you know, big stadium, one city club, etc., mm. etc., famous, you know, uh, you know, got a real monopoly of the area up there, and so on. Why should they be worth more than uh, be worth less than West Ham?" And Trevor Sinclair turned around and said, "London." He said mm. that you've got you've mm. got the lure of the capital and one of the most amazing cities in the world. If you're yeah. a foreigner and you want to come to England, the first place you say is I want to go to London. That's you right. Know? And and so and it's obviously got international links in terms of you know uh, airports, train stations, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, it's London. I need to sell London to the listeners because we all know how amazing London is. But mm. that and that's what he said. And yes, technically in terms of recent history, we are the fourth biggest team in London. You, you know, you'd say Chelsea, Arsenal and Spurs, as much as I hate to say it, are probably bigger, right? Mm. So we're the fourth biggest team in London, but we, but we are the biggest team in East London. And yeah. East London is like so significant. You know, if mm. it was... 
if it was South London, yes, South London's significant, but there's just something about East London that, that is just so special, isn't it? You know, mm, and I think, and I think, I think the club just fits in with the culture. You know, the East End, the Blitz, the Knees Up Mother Brown, the the Cockney spirit. You know, mm. Pie and Mash. It just all links into that whole sort of that whole. I don't know, like feel of demography that is mm. East London. It's got more history than North, West, and South, and it without oh, a yeah. shadow of a doubt. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, definitely. It's the most definitely. romantic, charismatic, historical part of London. Oh, definitely, because West London, you you fame it for you know, I guess Chelsea and being a bit more upmarket and swanky and stuff. South London. I, mean, I always just associate South London and I'm going to offend the whole community here but just being a bit like, you know a bit gangsterish and, uh, and, uh, and North London you know, I always see it as a little bit irrelevant and, uh, so, yeah. so like, whereas East London's like the, the is the is the place, isn't it? Like that's the yeah. part of London you want to be from and, you know, I'm not even technically from East London, I'm from North East London as are you, so yeah. but, but, but still, it's that whole you know, I was born in East London and stuff and my family were raised in East London. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't know. It's a great club. I mean, West Ham, you know, West Ham, like you've said many times before, mate, is a great club to own, you know, mm. because it's got that global appeal, you know, like foreign fans love the sort of history of West Ham, you know, <laughs> Green Street, dare I say it, has kind of helped with that, because you know, they like that kind of yeah. hooligan ICF element of it, but then when you look beyond that and you look at, like you say, Bobby Moores and all of those players and then you look at the history of the area and it's just got so much to it and the fan base the fan base is so mm. passionate you have to get the fan base on side you know because the fan base could be cruel and brutal mm. at times but mm. if you're doing the right thing for the fan base then then the fan base will back you mm. well what's this space but I, I just can't see this going anywhere and i've got to be honest i'm not sure i want it to without knowing more to be quite honest mm. but mm. we'll see we'll see what happens Alphonse Ariola is officially a West Ham player. And it feels good, doesn't it, mate? Because I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a good signing, mate. A really good signing. Um, he is a, a World Cup winner. I mean, I don't think he, I'm not sure he actually played in it, but he was a star player for Fulham last year. As we said on the last podcast, player of the year. Um, so, you know, he's played for Paris Saint Germain, he's played for Real Madrid. He was at the peak of his career, France International, six foot five. You know, I think he's got a lot going for him. Um, it's a good deal. I, mean, I don't know if I talk about the terms of the deal here or I do it in my section, but. It's a good deal, in my opinion. And yeah, really, really pleased with the signing. Perfect. Well, I mean, as we're in context, do you just want to say it now or would you rather leave it to yourself? Um, I'll, I'll do it in context. Let me just have to load up my section so I get the figures right and stuff. Um, obviously, because I do do my research, believe it or not. People say I just <laughs> ramble on. But uh, yeah. so it's a season loan deal with an option to sign. Um, the money payment that we make up front will be deducted from the final instalment at the end of the season. Should we choose to make the deal permanent, that is in our hands. We have the decision whether it goes permanent or not. Um, I haven't had the th- time to fully verify all of this but this is what i got just before going on the show um that we have paid around 1.5 million um for the for the loan and then that will be um then totaling about 12 million 
to complete the signing in total, inclusive of that money. So another 10.5. Wow, that's not bad, is it? No, exactly. And he's, you know, he hasn't got that long left of his contract from memory, but he's he's 29, you know, which as a keeper is not a bad age. You know, bearing in mind Fabianski is, what, 36, I think. So he's, you know, so he's seven years younger than, than, than the number one. I'm really pleased because I took a lot of stick on this podcast for saying that I didn't think Fabianski was as good as people were making out. Now, I'm not saying that this proves I was right, but it does prove to what I was saying is that we need competition for Fabianski. Mm. Fabianski is too injury prone at the moment. And also, in my opinion, a good keeper, but I still feel like it's just not quite as good as he was. So hopefully this signing will either push Fabianski on to get to the standards that he set in his first season at West Ham, or if they don't, we've got a very good replacement um, that Mm. could hopefully be the number one. I mean, this puts probably an end to Darren Randolph's time at West Ham. Mm. That's probably going to see him go on loan or, or be sold. But I think it's great to have two quality keepers. And what I like as well is that I think Fabianski, you know, he's got a year left on his contract. So he's going to be fighting for a new deal. Or even if he's not, if he sort of concedes defeat and is like, right, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, a sort of, uh, you know, I'm fed up. I'm going to leave West Ham. Well, he's only got a year left in his contract. So at 36, 37, we could just release him at the end of the season. But what I'd like to think will happen is that he'll fight back and he'll play better and secure himself maybe another year's contract. And then we sign um, Ariola, or however you pronounce it, and the two of them fight for the first team spot. I mean, that's really, really good competition to have. And what is also good is that we've got young academy keepers that are coming through, both Anang and Trot are on loan now, so hopefully they'll get some good experience. Trot's on loan to a decent French team, so that will challenge him. We've also got a Hungarian keeper in the ranks that's meant to be very good. If we sign this Kinnear from Rangers as well, you know, there's good potential to replace Fabianski long term anyway. So yeah, I think I think it's a good deal. I'm really pleased. What is also worth noting is actually, I'll say this in my section because it follows on to the other stuff. Okay, mate. So I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I'm assuming we're taking 100% of his way during this loan right? uh, oh that's a good point I'm glad you said that yes I think so that's my understanding it might be just under 100 but certainly a large percentage of the wages because otherwise you know there's no there's no real benefit to Paris Saint-Germain is there they no. don't necessarily need the money you know they're arguably now the richest club in the world so but what they do need is the sort of I mean I don't know how much financial fair play plays in things anymore I've lost track but in terms of general general sort of good business sense you want to get someone off the wage bill don't you so i can't imagine we're paying too much of the wages but i i i i am sorry i can't imagine they're paying too much of the wages i'd imagine we're paying almost all of it but i'm just waiting clarity on my finance source on that one yeah which would include what the wage actually is as well what do you know that well, I think I, I did read what wages on at Paris Saint-Germain. Now, obviously, I can't 100% um, ver- verify that because I'm not, I don't have, I don't have um, sources at Paris Saint-Germain, but even just doing a quick Google here, it says that he's on 147,000. Fuck me. Yeah, so I don't imagine it would be that much, um, but I'd imagine, you know, it would be not far off. I mean, I don't know how accurate that is. Let me just have a look if that was euros or... 
No, it was pounds, pounds. Um, so we shall see. I don't know the exact figure on it, but I think we will take a, a large percentage of his wages, but who knows? I haven't 100% verified that. Those transfer fees, um, the fees, though, the loan fee and the um, final fee are, should be quite accurate. Again, it's only by one source, but it's from a decent source. But in terms of wages, I, ha- I don't know factually that yet. But I'll well, that put it on Patreon. Because David Sullivan probably thinks it's 147 grand in pesos. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> He's so going to get a bit of a shock when he gets that fucking bill come through the door at the end of the week. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. So, hell, it's a lot of money that if that yeah. is there or thereabouts for a keeper, you know, as, as much as I like him. Wow, I didn't expect him to be on that much. No, exactly. Um, well, well done on getting another transfer spot on, pal. Yeah, thank you, mate. Thank you. Appreciate Very good. it. Very thank good. You. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, obviously, it shuts a few haters up, hopefully, but they'll be back soon. You know, if you, if you want to see what I talk about, just go on to some of these forums. You don't have to look very far, and they're there. Um, so, yeah, but I'm not going to talk about it, remember? <laughs> Potentially so, yeah. at five, you won't be there. Yeah, no. I, uh, all I will say <laughs> is that this transfer was brought in April. You know, April yeah. was the yeah. first time I reported it, so yeah. I don't know how more more but i can verify from april to now of saying he's keeper target and he's signed and i said it was a loan deal as well um what also happened was is that we did delay it because we went in for johnston of west brom and at west brom and um, then we tried to get see what they would deal with they wouldn't do a loan they wanted a permanent deal i think they wanted 12 million uh no they wanted 20 initially i think they were about they would have gone to about 12 or 13 and then we um and then we we offered five and they weren't prepared to budge. So we decided <laughs> that Ariola was the better fit. Mm, okay, mate. Well, good for you. Well done. And uh, let's see what else you can tell us. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. Just when I finish my to-do list... We need more chips, Mom! Honey, I need a lot of chicken. Something else comes up. That's when I use Instacart to help get everything we need from BJ's Wholesale Club, delivered right to our door in as fast as one hour. And then, finally, I can relax. I think we're out of toilet paper. Time for another BJ's order. Download the Instacart app or visit instacart.com to get $10 off your first order using the code BJ's Wholesale 10. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $35. Additional terms apply. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.